0: Well, those of you who are on our uh, New Vine emailing list uh, will have received an email last Sunday afternoon, and apologies again about the timing of that. We were just wanting to be respectful of processes that were going on elsewhere, and try to time it as best we could to let New Viners know as quickly as we could this very important news, uh, and yet also uh, to be fair to, uh, as I say, other parties involved. Uh, But if you missed that, or you're just visiting, or you haven't heard, uh, uh, Luke Reed, our long-standing pastor here at New Vine Church, uh, our associate pastor for worship and creative ministries, uh, is the last remaining kind of uh, candidate, or the preferred candidate, for a role at Bel Air Baptist Church, uh, commencing in a month or two's time. And uh, that's really big news here at New Vine, because Luke has been here for a very, very long time Uh, since the year 2000 when he first started coming along to New Vine and then he's been on staff here since 2005. Uh, So he's been an absolutely key and integral part of the journey of many of us here at New Vine Church, myself and my family included. Uh, Luke's always been here as long as I've been here, the 18 years or so. And uh, uh, we're gonna miss him a lot uh, if this all goes to plan. Uh, but let me invite Luke on up now, and uh, Luke and I are just going to uh, share uh, a few minutes together, um, and uh, you can hear a little bit more about what's going on from Luke himself. Would you put your hands together, please, for, for Luke? Well, at day, mate. Well, well, this is big news, Luke. Yeah, it is. Can you uh, share with us all uh, a little bit of the journey that's led you to this point?
1: Yeah, well as you said, it is big news, um, this, could be, this could be really good if, in regards to what I get to share here and you can't really control it, can you? Totally out of my control. <laughs> so. Uh, so what got me to this point, uh, well to start with, uh, the money's better, um, I think the senior pastor's heaps nicer. Undoubtedly. Yeah, uh, so anyway that, this could go on, um, but I won't share some of that stuff. Um, no, so what got me? To, I just got to say, I just so
0: appreciate your honesty. Yeah, mate. <laughs> just wouldn't want there to be any elephants in the room,
1: any unanswered questions. You won't get anything <laughs> else from me, DJ. You know that. Um, no, so this has actually been quite a quite a lengthy journey um, for us uh, because back in 2020, you know, just after the sort of first rounds of lockdown and whatnot, um, we found out that we had to be putting applications for high school for our middle child, Zave, and uh, the journey with him with his additional needs. We, our different therapists, we talked to them about the, the best sort of school locations for him and one of those, uh, the first pick really was, was Katara High School. And Like we'd sort of tossed up as a family um, whether we would stay in the house that we've got here in Maryland, like or forever, you know, you get to that point in life where you're like, hey, is, are we staying here for forever, you know, because I rocked up here as an 18-year-old and like, where am I going to spend my whole life here? So they, that was just sort of in the back of my mind. And then when this came up, um, the decision with where to get Zave into school, that was very much dependent on where we lived. So we just started exploring the idea of whether we would move And anyway, the, the cutoff was coming. So that, that fast tracked that quite a lot. So we started looking for um, different places to live, not just because of Zave, because uh, uh, Monique, my wife, she was working at St. Francis Xavier College full time, doing a lot of traveling. Um, Taj, our eldest, was playing a lot of sport in town and plus heading towards school in town as well. So we felt so like. So there's sort of centre of gravity in your life, yeah. Was, absolutely, yeah. other than our, our church life here. Um, anyway, so we looked around. Anyway, we found this uh, old place in Adamstown, and it was old, it was terrible. I remember taking Taj, he came with me um, through the open house. He walked out, his words were, There is no way I am ever living in a house like that. Uh, now, Ta- uh, Monique and I both grew up around Tara. We thought, What a precious little child, hey? Uh, anyway, I got out and I said, what's it like? I said, oh, it's definitely got potential. Uh, so anyway- Renovator's delight. It was, absolutely. Uh, that will continue for a long time. Hey, Al, where's Al? I saw him here this morning. He knows all about it? Um, anyway, that, that was where we went, you know, thought about a lot of other places, but um, for long story short, that's where we landed. Now, when we did that, the timing of it, AJ was actually, like AJ, one of our staff team here, he was uh, instrumental in helping Bel Air explore uh, a new senior pastor. So he was part of a pastoral search committee and they were looking for a new senior pastor. And so I was aware of that. And when we moved in there, I was literally hundred meters from Bel Air church uh, and driving past it every day, obviously just started in my head going, oh, wow, I wonder, I wonder whether there's something in this uh, of me being able to plug in locally. And that's all it was, a thought and a prayer and something we prayed about. Um, but as I read through, you know, a senior pastor gig, uh, I knew that my my time, my capacity with our family environment uh, just wasn't suited for that. So I, I sort of parked that in that season. Uh, and then uh, throughout last year, um, Bel-Air had put on a new senior pastor, Nick Kasser. He's a good friend of mine, someone I've journeyed with for, for a little while. And uh, he's been a tremendous blessing to that church. They've seen a lot of good things happen. Um, apparently
0: he's really nice. That's the senior really nice. too. senior pastor, Is that
1: right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but they've seen tremendous growth in their church over the last year to the point that they're needing to put some extra staff on Uh, and so I became aware of that need uh, and that there would be uh, the position coming up for application so again we prayed about it and explored that and uh, we just felt like it's a door we should knock on um, because it wasn't a senior pastor gig but it was more that supporting role which I've really enjoyed here so we knocked on that door and uh, here we are today, you know, that door's open and uh, we've sensed a real leading from God, uh, excitement about what that, what that holds, which we can talk about in a minute, but um, yeah, that's really that what got us here. So it's been, has been a lengthy journey. Uh, tell us a little bit about the role that you'd be going to at Bel Air. Yeah, so the role, it's actually as a subject coordinator, Jill and I are going to start catching up for coffees and um, exchanging ideas if this goes through, because um, it hasn't yet. Uh, so the primary role is discipleship coordinator or pastor Uh, so yes i'll be trying to oversee life groups and and different um, spiritual formation um, practices as a church to help people in their day to day how is it we continue to follow jesus far beyond a sunday what does it look like at work what does it look like around our families monday to saturday as well Uh, so that will be primarily two days a week uh, with some preaching and other things also and then sorry they've Any music in there? Uh, Yes, so they've Uh, they've added an extra day uh, onto that because of my skill set in the space of music and um, production and things like that. So uh, for a season at least, uh, I will help out with uh, the music and services space. I really hope it's a
0: long season for Belair's sake over there with all of your gifts and talents in that space. Understanding, of course, there's these other important things too. Well, well, of course, it's not a done deal yet, though. Um, You sort of
1: alluded to that. Uh, What's the process going forward? Yeah, so timeline, if, if things go forward, next Sunday, they they have an AGM after their morning service and uh, they've got a new document they're looking through as a church about their sort of three-year vision, a bit like what you guys are about to do here. Um, so they'll go through that, have their AGM, and then part of that AGM, they, they vote uh, on whether to appoint me. Um, I don't know how much of a percentage they need, um, it was some of the guys at the music team gathering we had on Wednesday night going so how would we quickly become a member of Bel Air Um, but yeah anyway that's the process if that goes forward then um, really I'll look to finish up here at the end of this month because I normally take off some time in March anyway we go away as a big extended family so I'm going to take all of March off um, just for some downtime Uh, hopefully have a just a a mental shift and a break from here which will be really difficult you know like so much of my life has been poured into this place and where it's headed uh so that hopefully then i can just start fresh at at Bel Air and learn the ropes there so anyway that's that's the time frame so next sunday is the kind of pivotal day yeah
0: um and we'll be praying with you of course in that process leading up to that day um maybe our prayers will be a little different to um no uh, no, we're really excited for you. But speaking of which, we pray what's that been DJ the... will get nicer. That's, that's <laughs> a <prayer.
1: laughs> oh, touche, touche.
0: Um, What's been the hardest part of the decision, and what are you most excited about going forward into this new role?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot that has been hard about this. Uh, I know that uh, many people say that my persona is often laid back and like I'm not stressed about things. Uh, ask my family, they'll tell you the real me. Uh, but I, I've found this terribly hard Uh, even the thought of applying for a different role that's not here at newvine because you know for over 20 years um like the majority of my life has been wrapped up in what i sense god doing here and that that's meant a whole lot of time and energy and tears and prayers and planning and journeying alongside people to disciple them and all that kind of stuff that comes with ministry life um so the thought of stepping out of that um, it, I find that really hard, maybe for an older generation who were used to sticking at jobs and careers for a long time, uh, you will get a sense of that. For young people, they're like, oh yeah, no worries, go to a new job. I mean, they're likely to change jobs probably six times in their career. Uh, that, the length of it for me has made that really hard and it's like, I don't like change, I get scared by change. Uh, that's also been part of the, probably the, the impetus to, to step out into something new as well, just to stretch me personally. Um, but yes yeah, so i i 'll find it uh, incredibly hard and uh, just said a jetty at the back I reckon there 'll be times two or four or six months down the track where I realize that Bel-Air is not new vine and I'll, and i 'll miss new vine at times, uh, but also just the people there have been so many people here that have been so kind and generous to us as a family and so supportive and um, yeah you you can 't form that in six months that 's uh years in the making and so Yes, it's huge, it has a huge weight on, um, on leaving. So yes, I'll, that will be the difficult part. Yep. And, and what about uh, what excites
0: you? Yeah, uh, so... For Bel-Air, for here for you personally?
1: Yeah, um, so what excites me about Bel Air, obviously the location for us is huge. Um, In our season here at New Vine, we had our kids in local schools and local sporting teams, and we saw the fruit of that. We were so well connected, not just with our church community, but our local community and different church events that people were able to come to. And um, so we're hoping that that can be replicated at Bel Air, particularly because our kids have quite an age range. Our youngest has just started kindergarten at Adamstown Public. So uh, we're fully expecting that we'll get to continue to rub shoulders with a lot of the local neighbourhood. And for us to have a local church that we're connected with as well and can be inviting people to, that's huge for us. So we're very excited by that. Uh, I'm excited about the new role, about being stretched beyond just you know the music guy. I know I do more than that here, but I'm, I'm excited about sort of more stepping out of that space because I think it will be stretching. Uh, and, but also what that might mean for my family as well. Um, many of you who know us well know that um, I think I've got emotion in me somewhere. I didn't know I was there. Um. <laughs>
0: T- take your time, mate. Take your time.
1: Yeah, like it's been... Trying a- to
0: be nice. Um. <laughs> no, take your time, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's been a tough gig for, for Monique. I could almost laugh at myself. I'd laugh at other people if they were crying like this. What a wuss bag. Um. Yeah, but look at Taj at the back. He's giving it to me. Um, just on a side note, if anyone young here, I got 11 kills on Fortnite with Taj last night. It's just a way to break my emotion. There you go. It's a record by a long way. Um, no, church life has been a tough gig for Monique. She's not here this morning because, you know, Zave didn't want to come, but being close will help. Uh, also having a different role where I, I, I won't be as focused on running the Sunday morning services. So that should help as well for hands-on stuff there. So yeah, I'm excited about that stuff.
0: Well, we're excited with you, especially for your family. Um, Family is so important. We know how much you value and love your family. Uh, and it sounds like this will be a really hopeful, positive move for your family, God willing. Uh, we're going to miss you immensely. Um, what you've brought to this church over the years is hard to summarise. Um, but we are going to celebrate with you before you go. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give you a, a farewell on uh, February 26th, which you mentioned yeah. to be your, your last Sunday with us. Um, but, yeah, as you step out into this new time um, at Bel Air we're, we're, we're so excited for what you'll take with you to Bel Air the skills, the experience just your passionate love for Jesus uh, and people, the way you walk with people so deeply, help them in their own ups and downs but particularly in their spiritual formation mm. So, um, I, I know and, and love Nick Cassar over at Bel Air whom Luke mentioned uh, great things going on over there and we're just so thrilled that we're able to send Luke out um, uh, to bless that, that community and to build up that community over there. And we'll miss him heaps, but we're just so excited for what that will mean for you, your family, for Bel Air, uh, etc. I'm gonna ask now for uh, Alice uh, and Zach to come on up. Uh, Alice is the chair of our, our lead team or our board or elders, if you like, and Zach serves on the lead team as well. And I've just asked them to pray for Luke uh in this process over the next week or two and beyond uh, and then also maybe pray for us at newvine too as we uh, look to move forward as well
1: yeah just as i pray as well i just want to um say and i'll, and I'll say more uh, in the coming weeks but as well it's one of the things that's made this easier um is actually how newvine's positioned at the moment uh, it's one of the things that's makes it tough for me to leave because i'm so excited about what god is doing here uh, he's really building something exciting and, and new and uh, particularly under your leadership DJ your capacity for leadership uh, is really inspiring thanks for, for what you've taught me over the last 12 or so months uh, but also just the the way God seems to be positioning people at the right, at the right time even bringing people in I've had new people in uh, my areas of ministries that just have a newfound passion for things and all those little things have actually they've been like confirmation for me you know, it's, it's like it's okay for me to step out because other things are covered and God is doing a good thing here that makes me sad that I won't get to be a part of it, but also makes me relieved that uh, it's in a really great and exciting place as well. So, Thanks so much, Luke. Uh, if you could, would you, would you stand
0: with us? If you're happy to and able, uh, while Alice and Zach pray.
2: Yeah, Father, we, um, we're just coming for you this morning and we are just so thankful for... Uh, Luke and for the season that we've had with him God I um, I want to thank you for what an incredible man he's been in terms of his passion uh, his service and his genuine commitment to to you and the and to to your leading father I thank you for the season that we've had with Luke and Lord we acknowledge that seasons change and that uh, and that the way that we perceive where you're going and what what actually happens can be very very different so Lord, um, we are so thankful for the great times that we've had. We're thankful for the impact that Luke's had. And Lord, above all else, we're thankful for the way that you have worked through him. Lord, we acknowledge the sacrifices that He's made over the course of this, you know, 20-plus year period, and we acknowledge also the growth—not just for Him, for His family, but for the people around Him as well. And Lord, we are just, yeah, we're just excited. We're we're in, an, I guess, an awkward position where, you know, we love Him so much, but we also acknowledge that Your Church is far beyond what Newvine is here. Your Church is, you know, it's Newcastle, it's New South Wales, it's it's the globe, Father, and. And we wanna to continue to, to, to push forward and embrace whatever it is that you're doing. And we acknowledge that New Vine is in a position now that we can let our resources move into other spaces and continue to, to grow your kingdom. So Father, we thank you for your provision and we're really excited for the things you're doing here and the things that you're gonna do through Luke in at Bel Air as well, Father. So we thank you and we praise you for your ongoing commitment and, your, uh, and I guess your, your continued providence for us in your name.
3: And Father, we pray for not only Luke, but for Monique, for Taj, for Zave and Flynn. Father, as a family, as they're stepping out in faith, being obedient to the call that you have placed on their life. And Father, I just pray whatever that Luke and Monique put their hand to, that Father, that you would bless. That Father, that it would be a time of growth for Bel Air. With Luke and Monique, part of that church. And Lord, we pray for the local community and Father, the heart that you've placed on their heart for the local community. Father, we pray that they are just really pivotal. Lord, we pray for doors to open and Father, for connections to be made. Father, that your kingdom can grow and Father, be Lord, we just that your name will be honoured in the Adamstown community. And Lord, we just really pray that you are peace, that you are their strength that you are their courage, Lord, as both Luke and Monique and the children step out in faith in this season. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Yeah, please. Thanks so much. Have a seat. Well, we'll hear more from Luke um, in a few weeks' time. Uh, He'll preach for us on his last Sunday, which is lovely of him. a few years ago, um, Louise and I, my wife Louise and I, we were visiting family down on the south coast of uh, New South Wales. Anybody come from down the south coast way? San Joy? Okay. Anybody else come from down that beautiful part of the world down there? We were visiting family. When it came time to leave, our two-year-old niece, Molly, two at the time, was quite sad. And she said, I don't want you to leave. To which her mum, of course, replied, as mums do, but they have to go to their home. And then little Molly, tears welling up in her eyes, and a voice to melt the polar ice caps, said, but I love them. As if that should sort of end the argument right there. But I love them. Tell you what, then and there, favourite niece ever, (laughs) unassailably. The things that we wish would never end. What's that been for you? A thing that you hoped would just go on, perhaps forever. Well, Emmy, our 10-year-old, has been reading this series of books lately, and she said to me the other day that she just wished that there was more and more of these books, and they just go on and on and on forever, kind of like a... Disney franchise, movie franchise, right? Star Wars, Marvel, they just seem to keep going on forever now. But what's that thing for you? Perhaps it's a job that you enjoyed and poured your heart into and thought and hope might never end until you got called into that meeting and handed that letter. Or maybe for you it's your kid's childhood you just wish that they would stay a little forever didn't have to grow up become teenagers or maybe it was your holidays perhaps not the school holidays if you're a parent uh, but maybe like a summer holiday that you hoped would go on and on or maybe it was a lifetime spent with the love of your life your husband your wife maybe It was always having your parent around, maybe it was a child, and all of a sudden you just felt like a two-year-old again. I don't want them to leave. I love them. Well, today we are back in our occasional series that we call Under the Radar. It's a series which investigates... I can get the slides going. Headlines and highlights from the Bible's most underread, underrated, and under the radar books. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be dipping into two books from a collection that we in the Old Testament that we call the wisdom literature or the wisdom books. Now, if you're new to church, the Old Testament is the, the first part of the Bible, it's about two-thirds of the Bible. It's the part before Jesus comes onto the scene, the story of the sort of background and context to Jesus coming, particularly focused around the the ancient people of Israel. And now the wisdom books are the books that we call Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Job, the Song of Songs, and sometimes even uh, some of the Psalms. And they're called wisdom literature Because even though some of these works are enigmatic in places, properly understood, they offer ancient wisdom that's remarkably relevant to our lives today. And that's really what wisdom is. Wisdom is a gift which offers resources from experience, whether ancient or recent, that helps you and I learn to navigate. The similar experiences in our life including the difficult decisions grief losses and other challenges that we face now you don't even have to be a a person of faith today to find a benefit from some of this ancient wisdom and if that's you well we're just really glad you're here and we hope that you find today and the next few weeks helpful regardless of where you're at with faith and next week Professor John Adia is going to be starting a two-week series uh, that he'll be presenting on the book of Job. But today, we're going to look at the book called Ecclesiastes, a kind of a clunky-sounding title to our ears today, but one which is full of buried treasure. We don't have time today to explore the whole meaning of this kind of fascinating, intriguing book, so we're just going to look at kind of one headline or highlight found right in the middle of the book, in perhaps Ecclesiastes' most well-loved passage, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 11. So if you want to turn to it, or you're watching at home and you want to turn to it now, please go on ahead. But before we get to Ecclesiastes, who has heard of this other old guy? Old dead guy. Yeah, Socrates. Socrates is a famous Greek Philosopher and teacher. He uh, taught his pupils using a method of questioning and answers that we call the Socratic method. You might have even heard of it. You may even use it. Uh, But without doubt, Socrates is one of the most influential Greek philosophers from kind of two and a half thousand years ago, even today. But the thing with Socrates is that we really only know of Socrates' teaching because of. This guy who's heard of this other old dead guy, Plato. So Plato was a student of Socrates, and he wrote a number of books or dialogues in which Socrates is the main character. In fact, in those books, you barely hear Plato's own voice at all, but he is there in the background telling the story and sharing Socrates' uh, wisdom, and, and of course, through that, his own Uh, ideas as well. Plato's a philosopher in his own right, but he's using the stories and the teaching, if you like, of Socrates to impart some of his own philosophy. Well, something very similar is happening about the same time, maybe a little bit later on, uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, because there are, in fact, two voices in Ecclesiastes, uh, as there is in the dialogues of Plato talking about Socrates. Now, if you want to understand this a little bit more, I'd just direct you to watch um, the Bible Project video, uh, the Bible Project Book Overview video uh, on the book of Ecclesiastes. It uh, explains this quite well. So two voices, there's an author like Plato, but unnamed in this case, who's narrating or sharing the wisdom or teachings of another, the kind of lead character or philosopher of the book, Uh, not Socrates. Uh, but one who in Hebrew, in the book of Ecclesiastes, is called the koelet. Now, the koelet is a stra- another strange-sounding word, isn't it? Do you want to say it with me? It's a bit hard to get your tongue around. Koelet. Koelet. Okay, it's a Hebrew word. And uh, probably make a good Scrabble word because there's no U. You, no you. So if you've got a Q and no U, you, you might be able to anyway. So koelet means one who gathers others together like a teacher to to share and impart wisdom, same way that Socrates did, if you like. So who is this international man of mystery with the weird-sounding name? Well, there's a few uh, theories. One is that it could be King Solomon, as the first verse in the book of Ecclesiastes seems to suggest. But there's other reasons to think perhaps it wasn't Solomon himself, but maybe it was another descendant of David, another king Uh, who descended from King David uh, later on in Israel's history. Another line of thought, and this is probably the one that has the most support by scholars today, is that the author uh, is is inventing a kind of a fictional character that he calls the Koaleth um, to uh, make them sound a bit like Solomon, sort of gives them the, the persona of Solomon, King Solomon, living a life of great power and wealth and pleasure and so on. Now we don't actually know, but possibly it's the latter. Uh, maybe not. Uh, it's not. It's not a hill to die on, I don't think. But I'd direct you again to the Bible Project's video on this. Uh, it will help walk you through those different thoughts. Either way, the Koaleth seems to be something not only of a philosopher, a wise man, but also a bit of a, a cynic, a bit of a kind of skeptic who's seen too much of life to be satisfied with simple. Pat faith answers, bad things happen to good people, bad people aren't always held to account and he seems to know that if the arc of history does indeed bend towards justice, it is a very long arc indeed, as Martin Luther King said. Now in the main message that the author seems to want to communicate using this persona of the Koaleth is something like this. That in life, even in the life of faith, much of what happens is still mysterious. It's foggy, misty, hard to grasp hold of, hard to comprehend at times, hard to understand. Frequently, it, it doesn't go to plan. It doesn't go to our plan. So, don't chase after things that are ultimately like smoke, like vapor, like mist. You grasp at them, but they slip through your fingers. Fame, fortune, followers on TikTok. Instead, the author seems to be wanting to communicate, follow after the commands of God. They're not a guarantee of good outcomes. But nevertheless, they are the right path. And while you're at it, enjoy the simple pleasures of life. A good meal, family, or a beer with your mates. So, two voices, the author and the wise man who tends to come from the kind of cynical, more skeptical side of wisdom. And in our passage today, we will hear from... This second character, the Koalith, the author uses the cynic's voice to make some key points about life that can help us be wiser in how we approach it and to some degree make sense of it. So it's against that backdrop that we're going to turn to our main passage now, which is uh, Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 to 11, and we'll walk through it fairly quickly with a couple of comments. Now, this is, as I say, a a beloved part of the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, probably one of the most famous parts of the book, immortalized by an anti-war song in the 1960s. Anyone old enough to remember? Yep. Who sang it? The Birds had the most famous version. There was about 30 people who sang it. Uh, But The Birds had the most famous version. That's right, man. Written by Peter Seeger. Anyway, and it uses almost precisely the text from this passage which was interesting, an anti-war song. So it starts out like this, for everything, there is a season. And the word in Hebrew, the original language, which we try to translate across into English somehow, the word that here translated season and somewhere, some other versions, just time, there's a time for everything. It's a Hebrew word, "seman." And Zayman carries the sense of an appointed time, uh, an appointed hour, if you like, a fixed time. It's a, it's a word that was used to talk about the festivals. The festivals happened at an appointed or fixed or set time. They were a kind of season of celebration that happened at a particular time. And this thought is carried on in the next part. For there is a season, for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven and the hebrew word here translated as time is is a different word but it has similar kind of meanings a range of meanings that can mean something like a suitable time the appropriate or proper time for something and hence why another version of uh, another translation of this uh, says for everything there is an appointed time an appropriate time for every activity on earth. And I think this is probably one of the closest translations to capture some of that meaning. All of this to say that the the philosopher or kind of cynic of Ecclesiastes, the Kohelet, gives us this little nugget of wisdom that the author wants us to hear. And that is that in the midst of the foggy uncertainties of life, everything has a season this too shall pass. But the season is appropriate to it, suitable for it, appointed to it, even fixed for it by God. It's a right time for that thing. We might wish something would go on forever, but as the Kohelet then goes on in a sort of poetic way, it says there is a time to be born And a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. We're not going to walk through all of these in great detail. We'll just run through them quickly. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to laugh. Sorry, a time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. Sorry, I think I missed one. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear down and a time to... A time to tear down and a time to mend? Here we are, a time to be quiet a time to speak. A time to search and a time to quit searching. Gosh, we're really all over the place here, aren't we? Let me just read it. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now, as I say, we're not going to dwell on all of these. Let's just say that amongst the, the, this contrasted list of, of pairs, one or the other usually seems preferable to us. Birth over death, love over hate. But the coalette here is not necessarily evaluating these things, just pointing out that these are simply life's realities. This is what happens. It's not a bad list in terms of standing the test of time. It's been a while since I did a lot of stone stone scattering or gathering. Um, But other than that, all of these things more or less sort of seem to resonate with us today. Certainly a a time to be quiet and a time to speak uh, in the age of Twitter. Uh, And then we come to these few verses as well, if I can find them. Here we go. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden that God has placed on us. Now you can kind of see a bit of the skepticism coming through here. The burden here is a task or business or occupation, but the sense of being a difficult or hard one. In other words, we work hard at the task or the calling that God has given us. And then in this really famous verse, the Kohelet says, and yet God has made everything beautiful for its time. The Hebrew word used here for beautiful, yaffe, can mean beautiful, but it can also be understood as suitable in its time, or appropriate, or fitting, or good for its time. Again, similar to those ideas right at the start of the passage once again. And so another translation, again, I think captures it well when it says, God has made everything fit beautifully in its appropriate time. And there's something really helpful about that verse, I think, God has made everything fit beautifully in its appropriate time. You know those visitors who have the right amount of social intelligence to know when it's time to leave? That's fitting beautifully in their appointed time, isn't it? And then the verse goes on to say, again famously, For he has planted eternity in the human heart. Now, we're not gonna go into it, but there's a whole heap of debate about that word eternity. Is that the best sense of the, of the Hebrew? It can mean a whole lot of different things. But regardless, I think the big picture point of this verse is well captured in the second part of the translation. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. The point is this. As human beings, we may yearn to know the big picture. We may want to know what happens next. But the future remains foggy to us, as does the meaning of things sometimes that have happened in the past. Wisdom, therefore, helps us to accept that life is lived in the seasons that come and go, and that we don't have enough divine perspective to understand everything that happens to us. When I start a new job or career, I might have expectations about what that job will look like. But who's to say that it will last as long as I expect, or that it will be as I think it will? When I get married, I have expectations. When I have kids, buy a house, all of these things, we have this anticipation. But life invariably surprises us. Things we thought would last forever don't. Things we love, end. People we love, pass away, or move on. Uh, Sometimes, in fact, almost always, before we're ready. Seasons end, but new ones begin. So how do we tie all this together and why is it all relevant for us today? Well, as you heard from our interview earlier, We are coming, it seems, very likely, to the end of a really long and significant season here at New Vine. One which has been amazing, wonderful, where Luke has helped build a culture of passionate, love for and worship of Jesus that we will benefit from, I pray and hope, for years, maybe decades to come. And if if you've only been here a short time, uh, you may not know Luke that well, But if you've been here longer, then very likely you, like me, Luke has been a constant, even pivotal part of your own journey at New Vine for some or all of um, your experience here. And you may not have expected that season to end just yet. Right now, you might be feeling, but I don't want him to go. I love him. Of course, growing in wisdom and maturity, however, means that means recognizing that life has seasons and that means endings but not all endings are bad in fact as Henry Cloud uh, author and psychologist puts it in his book necessary endings he says this endings are not only part of life they're a requirement for living and thriving professionally and personally and I'd add spiritually being alive requires that we sometimes end things in which we were once invested, uproot what we previously nurtured and tear down what we built from an earlier time. Anybody recognize those kind of sentiments? Straight from Ecclesiastes. And I can say it's certainly going to be strange without Luke around here. Lou and I, we've been part of New Vine families, I think I said, for about 18 years and Luke has always been here in that time. He has created this incredible worship environment, led the the music team so well, production team, but done so much more as well. He's preached, he's discipled, he's dedicated babies, he's married young young people and older people, and he's just plain loved people here. But the teacher of Ecclesiastes helps us see that Luke 2 has been here for an appointed time. For an appropriate season, an ordained time, but a fixed time. He has fit beautifully at New Vine for that time. And that season is ending, but it's not a funeral. He's not dying. He's moving on to a new season as we heard, a new and I hope, uh, hopeful and constructive And joyful season is opening up for Luke, Monique, Taj, Zave, and Flynn. Later in Necessary Endings, the book I I mentioned before, Henry Cloud writes this, without the ability to end things, people can stay stuck, never becoming who they are meant to be, never accomplishing all that their talents and abilities should afford them. And wouldn't we want that for Luke and his family? That Luke can find himself with a new challenge, new responsibilities that help open up new areas of his gifts and talents, his manifold abilities and capabilities. So we wish him all the best there. Uh, And entering this new and hopeful season for Luke also means a great blessing to Bel Air, as I said earlier. It gives both him, his family and Bel Air a new opportunity to flourish and thrive in new ways. That's true for Luke and Bel Air, but it's also true for us at New Vine. As sad as we will be to see Luke go, it opens up a new season for us here too. And I pray as much as we will miss Luke that a new and fittingly beautiful season will, will start here too. As we said, we're going to celebrate Luke's contribution again in a few weeks. For now, I just want to honor Luke for... The absolute bedrock of dependability, pastoral care, and authentic love for God in Jesus that he has brought week in, week out here at New Vine. And I want to assure him again of our love and our prayers and total support as he moves towards next weekend and uh, what is very, very likely to be um, happening afterwards. We don't want him to go. We love him. But for everything, there is an appointed time for every an appropriate time for every activity on earth. And the God of heaven, who sets all thing in their things in their seasons, is good and will remain so. As the kids are coming in and the musos are coming up, just uh, a couple of application questions that might help you Firstly, whether or not you know Luke very well, as you look at your own life through the lens of seasons, the lens of this ancient wisdom, where are you at in your life of seasons? Are you at the end of an old one? Have you perhaps been putting off a necessary ending, a necessary change of seasons? Or are you at the start of something? Maybe you've been putting off, stepping out into something new. Or are you in the middle of a season and you're meant to dig down, dig deep, and persevere? Well, maybe just take a moment while the musos start to play. Take a moment just to ask yourself that question. What season am I in? Holy Spirit, what what are you saying to us this morning, individually, about the different seasons that we, are, we find ourselves in? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us now? Bring thoughts to our minds, bring your promptings to our heart as we think about that. What new life or new possibilities or new opportunities might lie ahead? What might you be asking of us, God, in this particular moment in our individual seasons? Well, as a church, we're entering a new season also. In a month's time, we're going to be holding our, our Vision Sunday, which um, obviously we had to push back uh, a while uh, because of this news, and to take some time uh, to process together uh, Luke's leaving, etc. Uh, before we start kind of talking uh, about the future going forward. So that's on the 12th of March. really encourage you to be here. I'm super excited to be able to share with you some of the new opportunities that God is opening up already even before we (laughs) launch our our new vision. I'm blown away by His his goodness and faithfulness and also the servant-hearted nature of so many new Viners who are putting their hand up it seems kind of left, right and centre at the moment to be involved in wonderful new ways. God's opening doors externally and um, thank you to, to you all for your uh, passionate commitment to be involved in where God is taking us as a church. Meanwhile, as I mentioned, uh, next week, uh, John Adiah is joining us for the next two weeks and then, as we mentioned before, Luke will be preaching at his farewell service on the 26th of February. Please... Join us for all of those things. And now let me pray and then we'll sing one last song. Lord, thank you for this ancient wisdom which still holds so much relevance for us today. Wisdom which you inspired and you can continue to inspire in terms of its application to our own lives. So we ask, Lord, that through your spirit you would speak to us and where we find ourselves. Give us the courage and commitment to persevere if, if a season is meant to continue, no matter how hard it might be. Give us also the courage to bring something to an end if we need to. Something that you don't want for us anymore. It might have been a good thing Also give us the courage to step out into something new. If that's what you're laying on our heart, if that's what you have for us at this time. And we commit ourselves individually and as a church, also our visitors, we commit them and ourselves to you, Lord, that you would guide our paths through the many seasons of life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.